Ladies and gentlemen, we're back for Mesilat Yesharim. Jason's favorite. Yigal, is your favorite also? So we said to review what we said last time is, is always review is very important. Because the whole basis of the book is that he actually says in the beginning, everybody knows what I'm telling them. But they don't apply it. So we said there's a group of people, they're very lazy. And they say, I've actually heard this argument dozens of times, dozens upon dozens. They say, as long as we get into heaven, it's okay. We don't need to have first class seats. So he says, I'll do the minimum, I get to heaven. I don't care where, just as long as I get Yeah, there. so he said, that's ridiculous. In this world, these same people, they want the most super deluxe first class service. And then something that's going to last forever and ever, then they want to do the bare minimum. He says, it's ridiculous. It's irony. It's um, they're hypocrites, and then he, we went and said, "You also have to know that God judges us for the most smallest things if we overlooked it." Yani, if since God gave us a soul, He demands the best of us. So then we brought from Abraham, Yaakov, Yosef, David, Michal, and Chizkiyahu how meticulous God is, because we said. We said Hashem is um, particular with the righteous like the how do you say it? The strand of hair. So he says He says Rabbi Yochanan when he would get to this certain passage he would cry. He would cry like a baby. It says, It says, In Malachi, it says, God says, I'm going to be the witness and punish the people that are adulterers, the people that are black magic, you know. In Judaism, if you do black magic, it's like idol worship, it's the death penalty. Witches are not allowed to be alive. That's where the Christians also got that, you know, like a witch hunt, because... It's a very bad thing. Or people that swear falsely, but then it says, so God says, I'm going to uh, punish swiftly. People swear falsely, adulterers, Rachman al-Litzlan, and the black, and the witches, whether they're male or female, sorcerers, and those that don't pay their workers on time, or try to embezzle. So that would be a much smaller sin. Not to, fully pay your worker or not pay him on time. So Rabbi Yochanan used to cry. It says, Eved, a servant. When they, when God, even, so, right, conventional thinking would say, what's the worst sin? Adultery. Not paying, being honest with your worker is like a minute thing. But we say, no, it's, in Malachi we say it's in the same sentence. So we see that even things that we think are not severe in God's uh, uh, book is very serious. What? Idolatry is worse than murder? Um, in a way, yeah. Because if you, then you, you lose your whole... How about you can see Bachebos worship, periphery. That's, that's, come on, that's... Yeah, that's also that's very level sickness. Yeah, in a sense. No, for sure, for sure. It's better off there. It's worse than murder. In a way, yeah. 
No way, yeah, because you're scarring him for life. Life, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's but how now, the, how's idolatry worse? No, idolatry in a way is worse because then, if you like, an atheist is even worse than idolatry because if you don't believe in God, you're never going to come back to Him. You understand? Mm. Uh-huh. You you've lost your conscience. Ah, uh-huh. I okay. Because we, we Jews believe you could always do Teshuvah, but if you're an idol worshiper, well, how are you going to go? You don't even believe in God to do Teshuvah too. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. So it says, that's why it's the first of the Ten Commandments. But going back to this, he says, Takanama Yeshlo, somebody that God is so strict with him that he counts embezzling funds from his workers like adultery or swearing falsely, how, how, how is he going to be able to stand in judgment? Of course, it's a much stricter and severe sin to do idol worship and idolat- and adultery. You know what adultery is? Like sleeping with other people's women. But it says that Of course, the more severe and worse the punishment, sin, the more punishment you're going to get. So what is it coming to teach us? So why does the Malachi, the prophet put, not paying somebody on time or the right way, in the same sentence as swearing falsely, which is one of the Ten Commandments, and the whole world shook, right? Or mena'afim, adulterers. So he says, the Ramchal goes, Rabbi Lutzata goes to explain, He says, I'm going to tell you an amazing story about the Grah. He says, just because you did the worst of the worst sins, doesn't mean your God is not going to punish you for the more simpler sins. You understand? It says actually one time the Gra, they say, Rabbi Eliyahu of Vilna was walking down and then he saw um, there was a Jew in Europe that he had become an apostate. He had become Christian. And then he had become a lowlife also. He, had, um, he was drunk. So... The Grah said, Don't think that he's only going to, when he goes to heaven, he's going to be punished for rejecting God and becoming a Christian and becoming apostate. He's also going to have to answer for becoming drunk right now, and not only for that, for wasting his time today and not learning Torah. That's the idea, you understand? The idea is, all of us have a spiritual scale, bank account, right? Think about it like that. So hopefully we have almost zero sins in our bank account when we do Teshubah. But let's say God forbid somebody has terrible sins. Doesn't matter. Everything he does, whether it's a big sin or a small sin, so like as, long, yeah, as long as he's alive, that's the point that Ramchal is trying to say in this Chazal. You're going to have to pay the piper for everything. Right? We don't say, oh, since he has such big uh, foreclosures and messed up things that he's done in his life in his uh, bag of sins that the small things don't matter anymore. Like we demonstrated in that story, every day is going to be not forgotten. And God is not going to overlook any sin. Even if it's the most simplistic sin or the more severe sin. The same way the Ramchal explains that God doesn't overlook the Severe sins, like adultery and swearing falsely, and sorcery, black magic, the same way he's not going to overlook the things that are 
more small and simplistic. It says, Ella ala kulam yashkiach. God is going to look in. And it's going to be all in the same, you know, reckoning on the day of judgment. And you're going you're gonna to get punished for them all. According to how severe they were. And that's what Sholomo HaMelech said in the end of Kohelet, chapter 12. On all the matters of God you're going to have to answer for. It doesn't matter if you hurt a little kid's feelings or if you took an old lady across the street and you abandoned her halfway and now everybody's you know, beeping at, at her. Everything... Right, obviously we know that everything has its own punishment, right? But doesn't mean just because you did something terribly bad, you're not going to have to answer for something that's generally small. small. Key en- yeah, go ahead. The severity of punishment depends on the intensity of the transgression. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you did it by mistake, obviously, just same in the court of law here. Right. If, like, God forbid, somebody did involuntary manslaughter, also in the eyes of Hashem, that's why we have aremiklat, right? Mm-hmm. Then rather than somebody actually dying. So it says, and it says, for sure, you should know, God also will respect and reward you for the smallest, most minute act of kindness. Like, even if you told the goyim, good morning, Right? You get... You get rewarded for that. We don't, God forbid, want to use this book. Sometimes it's a little bit harsh, the words of the Ramchal. But we never want to use it to, God forbid, become depressed. Because God's kindness is always 500, and mercy is 500 times more. You know that. Notzer chesed alafim. So it says... And he says, he says, and for all those people that say, oh, I said one Lashon Hara. Okay, so one day I didn't pray Mincha or Arvid, or one day, you know, I wasn't careful to do X, Y, and Z. It says, the Gemara in Babakama, page 50, please go look th- this up if you have a set of shas or look it up on the online. It says, call, uh, actually, I had the merit of learning Misad Yeshayim with Rabbi Yaakov Hillel in Jerusalem, and he, he said this is a very important idea. He says, Whoever says God overlooks everything. And Allah. You did this, you did that, that doesn't make a difference. There's not going to be any accountability. He says God should overlook him. And he should just <laughs> go bye-bye, Charlie. <laughs> Hasta la vista. And that's why the Gemara also in Chagiga Tetzayin says, the Yetzirah always sometimes connives you. He's the most conniving terrorist of all, the Yetzirah. And he comes with, with new methods and new apps <laughs> every day to um, thing us. Uh, steer you away. Steer you, trick us. Trick us. And seduce us to the dark side. But it says, if the Yetzirah tells you, okay, just sin today and you could always do 
Teshubah, don't listen to him. And he says, the Ramchal in the next um, paragraph says, We know. The most important thing about God is that He's truth. This is crystal clear. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu, in which parasha? Hazinu. Is that Hazinu? says, Hasur Tamim Paolo. He says, God is like a perfect rock. Everything he does is his justice. He's the God of faith. There's no perversion. And he's straight shooter. Because God, God is a met. What? How is God going to be truth if he just lets people do hanky-panky and then you're going to say, do whatever you want and then, you know, khar to khar, shir to shir, then... It's just gonna, you know, at the end of the day, he'll just let you go. Yeah. That's, that's wrong. You know why? Because such people that have a happy-go-lucky philosophy in life, they, they waste their life. And it's the opposite of this chapter of the Misal Yesharim, which is Zehirut. Because Zehirut means be careful before everything you say, everything you do, everything you think, that it's kosher or not kosher, acceptable by God or not, right? So it says... It says that, of course, God, which is the God of justice, is always going to account for every good thing and every bad thing. And it says that's why. Honestly, heaven and hell is the sum total of what we've done, right? So if you've used your time wisely, and I heard such a heartwarming story, I have to share this story, it could change your life. Um, I heard it uh, from Rabbi Sperling. Mr. Agalar put it on his website. Danny. It says that, um, it says once, there was a guy, he was looking for a ride. He had gone to Kever Rachel, the tomb of Ra- Rachel, our maker, the wife of Yaakov. And it's a very dangerous na- neighborhood over there. It's around Arabs. You know, Arabs. It's... Um, so he made sure that he was going to get a ride from a kosher, you know, very religious, rabbinical-looking person. So he, he asked the ride from the guy from there to Jerusalem. So he said, you know, our, the place he was going was a city right next to his city. He said, just, I'll, I'll do the, you don't have to take me door-to-door service. You're doing me a favor, you're taking me home. I don't want to get out of your destination, right? Just leave me at the entrance to my, my, my neighborhood and then I'll walk home the extra 10 minutes because I know it's out of your way. So the guy told him, no, it's not out of my way. That's my destination. But he said, what do you mean? Your destination, this is 10 minutes drive out of your, your, your way. So again, the guy says, no, this is my destination. So finally he gets frustrated. He said, what do you mean? He says, listen, I'm not going out of my way. My destination is not home. My destination is Olam Haba, heaven. (laughs) So by taking you door to door, right? That mitzvah is taking me to my ultimate destination, right? So therefore it's not out of my way. And that's just such a paradigm shift that, you know, and that's what he's saying here. He's saying that, in the end of the day, 
we will reap the benefits and pay for our sins according to what we've lived. But God is perfect and unperverted. Same thing, it says in Rashi there, both Sadiqim and Hashem. So, in all fairness, for the smallest good thing you do, like we learned in the Holy Zerah Hashem Shon, remember, if even by mistake, like let's say you dropped a dollar, and then a poor person ended up finding the dollar and using it for charity, you're going to get rewarded. Even though when you drop the money, right, you didn't want to give it to charity, but a poor person, a, a good kosher person found it. Same thing, if you say the smallest Lashon Hara, or the whatever, whatever we think is, uh, everybody in their own mind thinks certain sins are unfortunately, like my brother-in-law was telling me. You know, everybody has their own Yitzhahara, has their own personal test of things to grapple with. But some people is wasting time. Some people is being lazy. But, but it says everybody is going to have to pay for every second of their life. If they used it productive or non-productive. And, you know, there's nobody... So it says if you say God is so strict, then we're, we just read in the Yavor that God is the God of what? Mercy. So where did mercy go? You understand? So he says so beautifully. He says, if God is so meticulous and so particular, He judges the sadikim like what? A, a, a thing? A hair strand. So what happened to what? Mercy. And he says the answer to that is... He says, first of all, you should know the world would not last for a second without mercy. If God wanted to be strict with the whole world, look, for ten generations, He let Adam, and then after another ten generations, Abram came and salvaged the whole world. Or else they were also being all perverted and messed up and, you know, wasting everything. So it says, He says, both of them can coexist. Both God being very particular and exact and judgment and mercy. How? How can they coexist? So he says, he says, because if you want to go according to strict judgment, like you see in the cartoons, like in Tom and Jerry, if the second we sin, a a lightning bolt could technically come from heaven, like Nadav and Aviu, the two sons of Aaron. You get punished what? Right away. Right away. But it says, and also, the, the punishment itself will come in a very, like, knockout punch. Because you rebelled against God. And thirdly, who says you could rectify? Do teshuvah. He says, but so, these three things show us that because of God's mercy, He counters these things. says, First of all, Teshuvah is a miracle. You did something wrong, right? So why should we forgive you? He says, for example, if somebody killed his friend, or he did adultery, 
how how are we going to take that back? How is, why should God accept your teshuva? You did something that's going to be eternal consequences. But we know teshuva helps for everything. Even though Zohar, I was actually talking to my brother-in-law about this, like the Zohar says, wasting your seed, which is the worst seed. And then the, the Zohar seems to say, you can't do teshuva, for, real teshuva for that. doesn't mean, means the teshuva is much more difficult. But the Zohar itself says somewhere else that, of course, teshuva helps for what? Which means Judaism is the religion of hope. And I was actually listening scientifically, science is just realizing that all depression and mental illness is being stuck with your past trauma not being able to... There's no such thing as mental illness, actually. It was saying people get some trauma, some severe problems, or abused, or like you said, like different types of abuse, and they can't deal with the problem, and then the problem keeps on repeating itself. Like a volcano. Right, but if you solve the... If they would have solved the problem, it's not like something is mentally like wrong with their... You know? And, and that's exactly the thing that... It says, I mean, can you go back in time and erase the fact that you committed adultery or murder? But the amazing thing is that there, Teshuvah can do that. So that's the answer. The fact that God accepts our Teshuvah. And Teshuvah is so powerful that it makes believe like it never existed. Is what? Is the power of God's mercy. Mercy. So it says, exactly. So these three things, because God has mercy, He lets us, first of all, we don't get a lightning bolt, right? The second we did a sin. God says, third, secondly, God doesn't destroy us because of our sin, right? Like the Chet of Egel, right? What happened? The Jews were like a bride that commits adultery under the chuppah. Because the same mountain that we accepted the Torah, what happened? We did the, what did we do, Jason? The golden calf. A chutzpah. But it says, God said, if I want to punish the Jews right away, they have to be destroyed, all of them. But through, throughout, until Mashiach comes, every time the Jews get punished a little bit, bad tacos, they have to pay for the sin of the Egel. So that's also God's extreme mercy. Then instead of knocking you out and killing you or wiping you out for the punishment, he chops up the punishment through maybe like the, the sin of Egil through 6,000 years, whatever, 3,000 years, right? And he says the third thing is also, it's a pure kindness that God is, if you, if you do Teshuvah, what's the fourth steps of Teshuvah? You admit you did it, you regret you did it, you won't do it again. And um, you regret you did it. You kedesho um, You you regret it completely, and you 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 wish that it had never happened, and you re- you feel bad that you had did it. Saar, a true. It's it really pains you that you were. Acted in such a way. In, acted in such a way. What happens? It's like it never happened. That's also, that's an extreme sign of God's mercy. That doesn't have, str- under strict judgment, you know. And God gives us a lot of time to do tshuva, right? You know, He gives you up to a year. 
That's why a little bit it's confusing. Sometimes people say, oh, why is God bringing this Yisurin, this, you know, problem on me? A lot of times it's for sins that you may have done six months ago or nine months ago. You know, it's good to take a journal, <laughs> a diary of what you've been doing. Because the punishment also comes midah keneged midah. Yeah. Wait, so... So it says two chashuvah is that in the future you accept you're not going to go back to do it. That's the fourth step. Kabbalah lahaba. And obviously one of the steps is you stop doing it, right? And you run away from it, right? Like if God forbid somebody was doing, uh, you know, going with bad prostitutes or, you know, looking at unkosher stuff. He doesn't even go on the red light district anymore. He walks an extra five, ten minutes and doesn't go near Vegas. Right? You know? That's what Teshuvah is, that you run away from the sin. It's like, you're a new person, you don't even, it's distasteful, you're disgusted by the sin, you don't even go near it. It's like nuclear waste, like Chernobyl. <laughs> so it says, that, that's the same thing, it's like uh, when we do Hatarat Nedarim, Teshuvah is like that. We make like the Neder, never exists. So it says, Vesar Avonotecha, it's like, the Kabbalistically, the Zohar says when we sin, it's like a stain, right? On our soul. The, the, the grandness and the glory and the beauty of Teshuvah is, it's like, the Prophet Yeshaya says, it's like if somebody's body, uh, clothing was soaked in like blood and disgusting dirt and grime. It says, Im you. God makes it snow white. So that's like amazing thing. Even something happened, when you come to the Olam Haba, it's totally erased, right? This is pure Rachamim. So, um, the fact that you, you regret doing it, yes sir, um, causes it that it didn't, like it didn't exist. You, said to, you have to do... Uh so you did something, you have to do teshuva within a year. You can't do... No, no, you could always do teshuva. What I'm trying to say is, one, one of the aspects of God's mercy is that it's not a lightning bolt. Yeah. Because one of the things God also... I, I want to add this. A fourth way that God... Um, since He's our Father, right? He's both our Father and our King... But honestly, he's more like a father to us because we're his children, the Jewish nation. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. So, since God is our father in heaven, a lot of times, like, let's say somebody, I'll give you a very good example. Let's say somebody, his brother needed a ride or his neighbor needed a ride to Kenisa every day. And this guy's stingy and nasty and just, you know, heartless and says, I won't give you a ride. So, may, so this person needs to do tshuva because you're being narcissistic and selfish. So part of the, since God wants you to do tshuva, He brings yisurin. He brings hardship upon you. Both, you know, part of the tshuva process, sometimes certain sins, even if you regret it, but part of the cleansing process is that you have to get, you know, financial loss or different that's why it's a very good minhag always to say Don't kick when God brings you bad luck. But part of the problem is also God wants you to wake up and do teshuvah. So you may get a flat tire or you may get in an accident. Because there's a constant with that car you sinned, right? 
you weren't you were unkind even though we human beings we need to support each other right and mida can get mida if you help people god also helps you and then somebody will help your wife and kids right so you understand there's this concept of god immediately doesn't punish you but and that's one of the main manifestations of his mercy he gives you time to wake up and realize how bad what you did was serious it was a crime it was wrong and then he punishes you then you do what teshuva that's what i'm saying it's important to take a diary because since he doesn't punish you right the second even if the guy committed the worst sin he's not going to punish you right away he's still going to give you the opportunity to teshuva i'm just saying sometimes people get confused oh why is god bringing me to the but they forgot what they did 2 3 months or 6 months or 9 months ago and maybe the reason God is punishing them now is to cause them... Because God also, as since He's our Father, He tries to push, push us to Teshuvah. You understand? So sometimes, nothing is random in your life. You know? That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, hey, in, if this, with, with this hand I sin, God with that hand tries to bring some type of hardship to remind you to do Teshuvah. And may God always have mercy on us. Amen. Amen. Hazak Ramat. Okay. We're gonna I'm gonna get some hot water. We're gonna start the Torah class in two minutes. I have to get more swar.